Good morning, Palmetto Shores. We are looking at Daniel chapter 2 today in our small groups, and Psalm 85 is our sermon text. And, you know, as we study Daniel, there are many, many things to learn and be comforted by. Uh, Just a few of those are God's faithfulness, His protection, the fact that God hears and answers our prayers. But the overarching theme, I think, of the book of Daniel is certainly God's sovereignty over all things, including world history. And this doctrine runs thick through every page of our Bible and is on full display here in chapter 2. And my prayer is that this is super encouraging and really exciting to you that, that the God of the universe is in complete control of all things, including history and even your circumstances. I believe we've got something like 48 or 49 verses in chapter 2, so I'm not going to read them all, but I I will read a few verses, summarize parts of the narrative, and uh, draw out some application points and certainly then turn you loose. Um, You know, picking up from last week, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah just completed their training for royal service. Remember, they were captured by the Babylonian army uh, after Jerusalem is besieged, King Nebuchadnezzar. And the text says that, and I quote, no one impressed him, Nebuchadnezzar, as much as these four. In fact, they were more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Fast forward to chapter 2, not much time has elapsed, and King Nebuchadnezzar has a troubling series of dreams that are, really, it's essentially, it's the same dream. He summons his magicians, his sorcerers, enchanters, minus Daniel and his crew. And by the way, if, if if he said that they were the most capable of all of his enchanters, why didn't he summon them initially? But that's, that's uh, for another discussion. So here is a paraphrase of the exchange between Nebuchadnezzar and his magicians and his uh, enchanters. Verse 3, Nebuchadnezzar. I've had a dream that troubles me. Verse 4, the enchanters. Tell us the dream and we will interpret it. Verses 5 and 6, Nebuchadnezzar says, If you do not tell me the dream and the interpretation, I will kill you. But if you tell me the dream and interpret it, I will give you many gifts and honors. Verse 7, the enchanters say, Please tell us the dream and we will tell you what it means. Verses 8 and 9, Nebuchadnezzar getting hot and red in the face. You're stalling. If you do not tell me the dream, you are doomed. You are liars. But tell me the dream and I will trust your interpretation. Then 10 and 11, the enchanters say, no one can do this and no king has ever even asked such a thing. Only the gods can tell you your dream. And then finally, verse 12, the king was really mad and issued a death sentence for all of the wise men, which included, of course, Daniel and his three friends. So Daniel's executioner comes to do what he must do and Daniel is able to delay him, go to the king Ask for more time to tell him what his dream meant. You know, it's interesting here. Daniel had full confidence that that his God, the God of Israel, would reveal both the content and the meaning of the dream to him. In verses 17 and 18, Daniel calls a prayer meeting with the other three, urging them to ask that God would intervene and reveal to them this mystery. We learn in verse 19 that the mystery was revealed to Daniel and listen to his response as I read Daniel's prayer of praise in verses 20 through 23. 
Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you for you have made known to us the king's matter. Wow. So, how often do we take our needs to God in prayer? How often do we include others to pray with us? How do you exercise your prayer muscle? Or how often, I should say. See, I believe Daniel was able to be so bold in his prayer because of his closeness with God, which was a result of his strong prayer life. Daniel now goes to Arioch, whom the king appointed to destroy all of the wise men of Babylon and tells him to take him to the king so he can show him the interpretation to the dream. But what does Daniel say first? It's so easy to miss this. Daniel shows his compassion for his pagan colleagues, telling the executioner not to destroy the men of Babylon. Isn't that interesting? On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you rank yourself on compassion toward others? What about when you're under stress, like like Daniel? Does your compassion for others increase or decrease? What about those who are different than you, spiritually, economically, politically? How's your compassion toward them? What an example Daniel shows us here. The second half of this chapter is Daniel's revelation interpretation before the king. When Daniel's asked by King Neb if he was able to make known the dream and the interpretation, we learn a great lesson from Daniel's response. Listen to what he says in chapter 2, 27 and 28. No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But... There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Any accolade, any worldly attention we receive for an accomplishment is always an opportunity to give glory to God, to point people to him. I'm going to leave Daniel's revelation interpretation for you to discuss in your groups and leave you with a couple principles, I think, uh, from Daniel 2. Number one, the God of Israel is greater than the greatest of men. Number two, the God of Israel is greater in power than all earthly kings and kingdoms. Jesus Christ has come and he will come again to establish his kingdom that is eternal. This is what we look forward to as believers today. I pray that this time in chapter two will spur you on to simply rest in God's sovereignty and to give the one true God credit and glory at every opportunity. Talk to you next time.